I'm Jan Suk Fong Lee. And I'm Dina Del Vucchia. And this is Can't Live. Can't Live. We talk about books and stuff. Hello, Jen. Are you there? I'm here. I'm applying um, almond oil hand cream. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, do you endorse this hand cream? Yeah, it smells really nice. I think it's Crabtree and Evelyn. It's nice. Oh, lo- lovely. Lovely. <laughs> lovely. I love hand creams. I love moisturizers. I love all of that. I it's want... good for my parched skin. Yes. It's listen, winter. I'm going to also put some hand cream on. Oh, yeah. You really know, slathering it on. Smells nice. <laughs> It's the small things. Get right in between the, the yeah, fingers right in there. there. Right, right in, in there. there. Get right in there. Touch the cuticles. The, the cuticles need attention, everyone. I don't know who needs to hear it. They need cuticles, it. They don't need a lot. Just some. Yeah. Just, just pay attention to them occasionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that you said winter because I really feel like... So Jen and I are here again. Just the two of us. Guests. You might get some in the future. Coming don't up. Get, coming don't up. get too excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, get excited about the guests, obviously. Um, but, yeah, like, I feel like our, today's subject is going to be, I don't know. I think it still will be fun. But as I just said to Jen before we were recording, I was like, wow, let's get into this potentially dark topic. <laughs> this or existential. Not. Or not. Yeah, or not. We don't know. Um, but, I, yeah, I wonder... If it's just like winter kind of is hunting down my brain. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I asked Jen we're being, if she, we're being, she would. We're, we're being hunted like we're in yellow jackets. Yeah, we're in. My brain is one of the girls in yellow jackets. <laughs> <laughs> but if I asked Jen, I was like, are you in the mood for like a super fun conversation about a topic? Or maybe just like a phrase that I feel like won't leave me alone. It's in my brain. Um, and that is, what's the point? Um, so Jen and I are going to talk about like, what's the point? And also maybe what's not the point. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that both of these are um, important. I mean, I think sometimes you have to talk about what's not the point in order to get to the point. I think so too. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we can look at this both, like, in small and large uh, ways, and we probably will, mm-hmm. um, like, in relation to writing, but then also things adjacent to writing or, like, project-based specifically, but also more expansively mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the in the galaxy. <laughs> so vast so it's huge the topic it's, is huge the world is huge it's all huge but yeah i've uh, i'm really thinking about it a lot okay and i think it also you know it's like midlife crisis vibes stage of everything <laughs> you know you know there's like some very sweet fresh-faced 32 year old listening to this and they're like all they talk about is perimenopause. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Listen, Kate, there's other podcasts you can listen to. <laughs> you want to just listen to the young people? Go for it. But you're going to listen to our yeah. midlife existential writing crisis. <laughs> listen, this is where we're at. <laughs> I mean, I do feel like. I talk about the same subjects all the time on this podcast or we allude to them and like, but until we have like stable, affordable housing and full health care for everyone and we stop like sucking the dick of carceral justice and the military industrial complex or like capitalism ends, I'm going to have the same complaints. So you can either like get used to it or get out. <laughs> also, or as my friend, uh, Sonera Geisler, friend of the podcast, personal friend would say, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But truly. It doesn't mean I don't have a nice time. I'm going to even talk about that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, we, we often have nice times. We actually. have nice times. We have nice times. Anyway, I don't feel like we have to justify this. Having negative 
emotions is normal and part of life. What are you, what are you, my fucking boss? You want positive responses only? Please. Good vibes only. Oof. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Stop leaving mean comments on my Instagram <laughs> posts. No, no one leaves mean comments on my posts. After. Same. Because <laughs> it's just all rosy. Who's going to leave a mean comment? Come on. Yeah. And if they do, Monster. I'm going to dock. I'm going to dox them. <laughs> I actually didn't say dogs. I said dogs them. I'm going to oh. send a bunch of dogs to their house. <laughs> just, just to yell at them. For like- just to like bark <laughs> at their door. And like for- kick, dirt, kick dirt at them. Kick like- dirt. They're going to leave a bunch of poops. Yeah. Rosie's yeah. been doing that a lot lately, by the way. Kicking <gasps> dirt because she either smells or sees another dog <laughs> like at a distance. So she kicks the dirt with her back paws and then she her posture is really straight like she's flex, she's flexing and she's just showing them that she can kick dirt. she's flexing listen she's ripped she is because you can like she her fur is short so you can actually see the muscles and sometimes she flexes and i'm like i don't know it's like i have a tiny pit bull or something she's she just, r- she's rippling yeah and then her hump goes up in the back and she's kicking dirt <laughs> Which I prefer to the lunging and snarling. The kicking dirt is better, but like... Kicking dirt is also like very funny. Also, often I am actually standing behind her holding a leash. So she's actually <laughs> kicking dirt in my face. No! Like, yeah, sometimes it's fine. I'm used to it. At least it's just dirt. It's not yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. Hey, so how do you want to start, Dina? Do you want... Ask me I a mean, question. Okay, Jen, I mean like what's the point? Like I want you to answer in the most expansive and then we'll go oh, granular like big idea way yeah let's go like big idea and then we'll be we'll get granular the point for writing in general i'm not saying for me and i'm not mm-hmm. saying like whatever but the point of writing is that um people individuals and communities have stories that should be told deserve to be told um and in doing so we connect to each other <laughs> i sound like Michelle Obama or something. Uh, we, we like, we like uh, connect. No, seriously, but we, we make connections between different individuals or different groups or different communities. And we all contribute to this understanding of humanity and therefore sort of like collective empathy. That would, that is, I think the main point. <laughs> I don't okay, know. I actually, I think that's great. Okay. Wait, you know what? You just gave me an idea. Mm. I'm going to log into chat GPT and then ask it. What, what is the, the point, point of writing? writing? Yeah. Oh, no. Do you think this is a good idea? Sure. Also, I think there's another point. Sometimes, you know, the point of writing is to, like, make people happy or to entertain people also. Which is oh, also absolutely. Yeah. Okay. What is the point of writing? Or should I say creative writing? Yeah, you should say creative writing. Because it's going to give me a slightly... Like, why, why do you write these memos? What is the point of these memos? <laughs> oh, my God. It's so long. But the first part says, the point of creative writing is multifaceted. Here are several key aspects. Self-expression. I'm not explaining them all. Entertainment. Communication. Exploration. Catharsis. And legacy. Okay. Do you want to hear legacy? Creative writing allows individuals to leave a lasting legacy, sharing their ideas, stories, and insights with present and future generations. Overall, the point of creative writing is to enrich lives, foster understanding and contribute to the richness and diversity of human experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thanks chat GPT. I mean, it's gobbledygook and means virtually nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. But I agree with your sort of overall larger scale answer to this question Mm -hmm. like I and I also think the point for a writer is different than like the point for the general audience yeah and then we also like each individually have something that is the point of it yes yes and everyone's different exactly for us Mm -hmm. like um Okay, now I have another question for you. Yeah. What? I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. 
when you, okay, first, do you find yourself ever just sitting there with your work and you're like, what's the point? Or thinking about your place in the literary community or whatever and be like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, I think that that's like really common. I think yeah. I don't think anyone doesn't think that. Uh, or if they don't, then they're obviously an egotistical lunatic and we don't need to <laughs> consider that. I, 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 true. But I, I, I do think, um, you no, know, I love that. That's beautiful. There are times. No one said it better. Yeah. There are times when we're like writing and, you know, especially when you're getting into like the little details of the things that you have to do in order to like, so for example, sometimes, you know, writing a really dramatic scene or a really comedic scene or something, something that's like takes up a lot of like headspace or airspace in a book. Um, that those are fun. Like it's fun to do that. Like it's fun to brainstorm mm-hmm. those things. It's fun to do it. But then you also have to write those little connecting things that connect, you know, this stanza or this poem or this story to this story or this chapter to that chapter or this paragraph to this paragraph. Yeah. Not nearly as fun. And sometimes when you're writing things like that, the more like, you know, structural or connecting or whatever things, it's really boring. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it really is boring. It's boring. And And don't let anyone tell you it's not. It's boring. And then you have to like, what is the point? Right. Or the other thing, which is like a more of like an existentialist thing is when you're like thinking about your career as a whole. And that what's the point is a much worse feeling. Like, I mean, if it's just, if it's just about a task you have to do in your book, you can kind of get over it, just get it done. It might not be good, but you can make it better later. Um, But like the, the stuff with your career, that's harder to like put away. If you need to put it away for a bit to get your stuff done, it's harder. And there's no answer to it. There is no, the only answer you can come up with is an answer that comes is it has to be like germane from your experience. It's, it's never going to be, there is no answer to it. Right. Like, and everybody's point is different. There are different points. And and I think when we think about like our roles in like the greater, like writing community, that's where I think you get really fucked up. Cause what is like, I don't know. What is my role? What is your role? Like what? I don't know. Tell me about it. Absolutely. Like, well, I mean, that is absolutely, I've been living in that feeling, this feeling for Mm -hmm. a while. And I just, um, I don't know. I feel stuck in it. And so yeah. I'm, when you're at that stage where you feel stuck and like, what's the point? Like, should I, should I write more? Should I not write more? You know, is it too late for me to completely start over and have a completely new life and career like outside of this? Um, you know, what's the point of what I've done and yeah. what's the point of continuing to do it? Right. And yeah. that's, this not fun brain space is what brought this conversation into being because I was like, well, what is the point? What's the point of me doing this? Yeah. Like, what's the point of me putting this book out? Like, what's it going to do? Um, I, but then I think of something like I keep thinking about there's a sketch and I think you should leave where he plays a character that has like this the character is like a prank show host and he puts on this like full mask and like costume and he doesn't look like a human person at all. You know how people used to do like, Oh, we're going to put on a fat suit and do this. Or we're going to like dress in uh, drag and do this. And you're like, okay. And it's like the, the purpose is never good. And so it's similar here, except for the, the person, the host ends up having like a total existential crisis while in the costume and says, what am I doing for the greater good? (laughs) Like, you know, like it's, it's very that to me where I'm like, and not just for the greater good, but also like for myself, like, is it good for myself? Is it selfish for myself to keep doing this thing? Um, but also like, is it good for me? Is it good for me to keep writing even though I feel like I'm in such a place of stagnation. I'm in a bog and all around me is stagnant waters. And there's mosquitoes and they'll go away. I'm I'm being bit. (laughs) There are leeches just crawling up my calves. 
And you just, you just, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere <laughs> to go. And soon I will have no blood because the mosquitoes and the leeches will have taken it all. I'm just going to be a willowy skin husk. <laughs> a Float- swampy, swampy yeah. husk. Floating on the bog water. Bog water. <laughs> I got to make a cocktail and call it bog water. Um, I... I'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to have pickle juice. I just decided. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like the point of writing, a lot of the point of writing for the individual is selfish though. It's indulgent. It is. Absolutely. And we have to kind of like be okay with that. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. If you're going to do it. Like, and I, and I think that like, particularly for women, you know, um, a lot you think or well, I think this is probably true for non-masked people in general that like we often think that the point of doing things like selfishly is not a good point. Like we don't think that that's like what we should be doing. We should be doing things for the greater good all the time. Yeah. Um, in or, service. We should be doing things service. in service. Right. So it's difficult to say like, you know, when I was teaching that I, I, I taught like, you know, mostly people who had jobs and like lives and they were doing creative writing as like kind of like hopefully a second uh, career or a second thing to do. And, um, so many of these women who were like, say, midlife or older had such a hard time carving out time for themselves to do the writing. Um, and it's actually, it's a simple act to do. Like, to act, it's, it's, it sounds simple to do, but it's not actually when you're conditioned to believe that your life should be in service of others. So the indulgence of it and asking yourself, what am I doing for the greater good? Those are good questions to ask yourself. But I also think that indulging yourself in something is not a bad thing. It's probably I mean, a good thing. I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think about it in so many other ways. Like I love indulging myself in other ways. Yeah. Well, other but ways straight, are sometimes more fun. <laughs> they are more fun. And I think it's, and like this also is work. So it's interesting to, you're doing both. Like you are doing something indulgent, but it also is work. It requires a lot of effort of, from you. Whereas mm-hmm. other indulgent things require less effort. Yeah, you're going to have like, you like, know, a nice bath or like or whatever it is you want to do. Or you just like click on the shop app. It's too easy. Um, so whatever it happens to be. But I mean, then coming back to that original question, like for me, if I just think about it in the simplest terms for myself, it's like the point is just the work itself. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. if you just think about it, in that way and just being interested in it. like if you are interested in it that's worth your time yeah and yeah. that is the point that is the point individually yeah. if that's the way you're like you know. absolutely well and another thing that I was thinking about with like the point and talking about you know just because we as I mentioned earlier have to live in capitalism well it chokes us in the bog um <laughs> there's also like a like a really mean guy that chokes you in the bog against your will. It's um, Jordan Peterson. <laughs> it's Jordan Peterson and that's capitalism, baby. And so, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like for me, not the point, like not the point, not once have I written something thinking about markets or trends. And like that clearly reflects in my monetary success. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think, I think it also reflects on the quality of the work because I'm not in some ways compromising what I'm trying to do for something that, um, is outside of the scope of what I understand and want to be doing. Oh yeah. And you know, like, you know, students ask me this all the time. Like, are you, what should I be writing? One of the most, one of the most common questions. Yeah. And I, and I used, and you can't do that though. The trends change by the time you're finished writing your book and like it gets published, it's going to be like five, seven, eight years from now. It's not going to be a thing. And then I think what readers always want is to be able to see your emotional connection to the writing. Mm -hmm. And then that helps them forge an emotional connection to your writing. And so like, if you don't feel it, it's not going to be good anyway. Like it's just And also, do you know what, how trends often start? Like it's because one person does one really good thing or something that just captures public interest and then other people try to copy it. Like that's what happens. Or there's like kind of pervasive ideas. I am my brain. I have, yeah, a lot of galaxy brain stuff coming for me today, but like there's something in the ether about particular subjects or topics or things that are 
like uh, everyone is thinking about yes, yes. and often it's you know because people are from particular generations and then they're the ones publishing or particular places or whatever and so those kind of trends emerge too because of of something within those people not because of something that the market is dictating no. in terms of trends no the market doesn't dictate it and like for example I read a lot of books this year for various reasons. Yeah, and yeah. the biggest trend that I saw in fiction anyway was um, uh, dystopias and evil billionaires who may have possibly murdered their wives. So this, this is was great, like, great subjects. I literally read like 10 books like this. Wow. And I was like, okay, so that's interesting because that's very zeitgeisty. This is actually, you know, totally. in, in the world that we live in with like, you know, all the billionaires doing crazy shit. It, this is, of course, this is part of, and climate and all that. This is part of where we're at. So, but that, again, the market does not dictate that. It's where we're at in our time. It's where we're at. And it's also just our awareness and knowledge. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people are, like talking about billionaires and their choices and yeah. what they're doing in the world is top of mind, is top of news. Like it's, it's present in the culture. It's also like very convenient if you're going to write a villain. Oh, it's incredibly, <laughs> incredibly convenient because no one likes them. Yeah, <laughs> and the people that do, they're also like trying to drag you down in the bog. Yeah, so like it's e- it's it's evil billionaires convenient, really convenient, and I understand why people use it. Absolutely, um, but what is Listen, the point? Like, what a shorthand. <laughs> here's a here's a question though. Okay, like, what is the point? What do you think is the point for other people? Not that I, in, 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 I don't mean like as an individual, like, mm-hmm. but like, what do you think is people would say is the point? Or what are the different ways of being the point? Because one of the things that I yeah. think about is like when you get books or like assignments or whatever, if you're like an editor, if you're a teacher or whatever, and then there's an obvious difference between somebody who's writing something because it's really important to them and they have no they're not really thinking about publishing it. Like, and this often occurs when people are writing memoir, for example, or if people are writing something about or for their family, uh, those things happen and, and um, that's their point. And then there are people who are clearly like, Hey, I hear uh, ghost stories are real big right now. So I'm going to write this thing. And that's their point. And then, you know, anyway, I go ahead, please. But I, I mean, I, I agree with those things. I also, I mean, I, I guarantee you if we asked a bunch of writers, a lot of them would just say the point is that they have an idea that they want to explore, you know, like I don't think, and of course there are going to be some people that are like, Oh no, I absolutely like want, uh, you know, I want that, uh, I want that hunger games money. Good luck with that. Yeah, like <laughs> many blessings to you. If you if you get there, wow. <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, but I think that that's the interesting thing about like making any kind of art is just well, and I guess that's one thing too. Like, if the point is for the art. And the craft and like the idea or the point is, you know, the, the notoriety or the, and so for some people, it's just like even the desire to publish at all, you know, there's lots of people who, who haven't published a book and want to publish a book. So like at different stages of your career, you're going to have a different point. Like the point is to write something that, and I think, I think about this too, for me, like, you know, the point is having my words read by some people. Mm-hmm. You know, that is like one of the points. Yeah. You want that, some people to read it and then you want them to get something from it. Whatever absolutely. It yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, I, I mean, I guess we're also talking around the idea that like the point evolves, right? Like at different stages of your career, at different stages of what you want to get out of um, just writing in general. Yeah. yeah. And I think the base, what's the point doesn't change. No, it doesn't. For a person usually. Um, it, it'll manifest differently. Like I think. Yeah. 
I think like my point from the very beginning has always been to find gaps in the stories that we tell in publishing and to try to fill those gaps if they're appropriate for me to fill. Um, and that's been my main point this whole time. See, and that's, I think, too, like, now we're getting more granular. Like, you're yeah. thinking more specifically about, like, not just the writing of it itself, but, like, seeing what's already out there and, you know, making choices about areas to explore for yourself that you feel like are missing or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm I mean, not, I'm not like, uh, as a writer, I'm not like the, I don't spin magic out of like dust motes and, and, you know, uh, abstract ideas as a writer, I really do need my environment to trigger me to write something or have an idea, you know, and like, it doesn't, it's, I, I, I don't create in a vacuum. Um, so yeah, like that, it's that. And then like, in, and also keeping in mind, like it, like, whose stories have been excluded. Um, can I write some of them? Maybe there's lots. I can't, but there is enough for me. There's Mm -hmm. there's a big enough well for me to draw from in that respect. Yeah. I feel, I feel similarly like, um, when I'm writing, I often am thinking about, you know, my life, my experience, but at the same time, um, I don't think my work looks like yours, you know, it doesn't look like me, but there's like the pieces of what I have encountered that are in the work. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's, yeah, like sometimes the point is that level of curation of ideas. And also like, I don't think I necessarily create in a vacuum either, but I absolutely like once the idea is in there, it can go, it can be bonkers as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, and like, course. And sometimes for me, that's the point. Like, the point is to have a good time with the idea and be like, okay, well, what, you know, what am I trying to say? Why am I trying to say it? And am I being, sometimes I literally, I literally say, am I being too literal? And then I'm like, okay, let's take this further. And let's take yeah. this further. And let's take this further. And let's take this further. And... Taking it further is never the bad choice, by the way. Never the bad choice. Like, <laughs> never the bad choice. You know, sometimes when I'm writing, I'm like, is every, <laughs> depending on the project, you're like, is every story here just a weird revenge fantasy about a thing, like a concept, an idea? And you're like, that's fine if it is. <laughs> uh, is everything I write really about the horror show of motherhood, both being a mother and having a mother? Yes. Great. <laughs> Yeah. And like, is so much of what I write deep down, like, you know, about like wanting us to literally have like a not piece of shit society that we live in. Yeah. I I think a lot of things that you write are like, burn it all down. (laughs) But I'm trying to inject now. I'm finding that the point a little bit for me is like, I'm trying to inject a little more hope. I'm like, okay, well, what if there's like ways we can find to see, like, you know, instead of just pointing out mm-hmm. the shittiness, being like, also, okay, well, like, what if we can do something about it? Or what if we can, like, make changes or connections or whatever? Oh, well, your writing is very compassionate. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm so mad all the time. <laughs> I literally am mad. And then the madness, the anger recedes. And then I'm just a limp rag doll who needs yeah. to take a nap. Like that's- No, I'm like... <laughs> Uh, (laughs) because these SSRIs I'm on, like really dull, sometimes the ability to cry. Sometimes I'm like, I got to find that sad song that always makes me cry. Or like, I got to find this thing. Like, I just need to get some of these out. Like I need to like trick it. I I need like the bonkers, (laughs) intense, like the tricky magicians of like movie scores to ha- like do that swelling sound for, and then I'll be like, oh yeah, here we go. I could, I, I, could can, just, I could just stand behind you and do it. Now I can uh, rest. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would love that. Honestly. <laughs> Wait, maybe that should be like the theme of an event. Honestly, that would be really funny. Oh, okay. I actually really something funny though. Cause I, okay. what we're talking about, I wrote an update to my editor and he got a chunk of my column and oh, yeah, yeah. my novel on Friday and um about a particular character in my new novel and and then I said it's coming I think I'm almost done and then I said to no one's surprise she is haunted by female rage lol and that was all it said. 
Honestly, like, um, I have a new book of poetry coming out, but my last book, I wrote the like cover copy and it got edited or whatever. But one of the things they didn't take out was I used the adjective bitchy to describe the book and they kept it in. No, I would like, I would have kept that in. And I was like, yeah, this book's a little bitchy. And I think we should let people know. I mean, and this book that is coming out in April, I mean, I have all my mean, not all, but like a lot of my meanest thoughts are in this book. Yeah, it's, (laughs) I mean, yes, but also no. I'd like, but I mean, that's just part of it. Yeah. But like, um, truly mean shit on the page. But that's why it's funny. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Who's getting mean? It's Dina Delmino. She's changing her persona. I just want everyone to know that in my new novel, a lot of the bad men get punished. I love it. As they usually do in my work, but... Yeah. (laughs) It's great. He sucks. He's going to die. This is is so beautiful to me. Um, Okay. Another thing I just wanted to bring up too was like, I think, you know, I kind of said what's important. We talked about marketing and this and that, but like literally, if you do want that Suzanne Collins money, like if sales and money are super too important, super important to you, you have a different point. Like the point is different for you. I don't know. Like how you can write something with the idea of it making money because so I don't either I don't really know I don't either what's the formula like but I genuinely think there's a lot of Delulu shit out there okay yeah (laughs) you know yeah yeah and it's like I the books that in my experience that I've had anything to do with whether they're mine or they're somebody else's that I've like helped bring to market somehow when they're when they do really well there's no predictor for that like it's they're not like and they're not books that tr- someone tried to write to make money they're usually books that they were absolutely really emotionally absolutely in. so I don't absolutely know. <laughs> and again when I say like marketing and this and that I don't mean that like publicists and people doing marketing work aren't doing great work they absolutely are, of course they are. I just mean that like as a writer it's gonna be you can't dictate that no you don't like, know who's gonna how even gonna if you have no. written the most nuanced interesting incredible work like listen there's so much overrated stuff colleen hoover is rich i cannot tell you why like (laughs) kudos to her but truly i cannot be reading those books and i'm not a snob i like reading people magazine listen yeah i'm garbage (laughs) but like There are certain types of books I don't enjoy and that's fine. Like it's, I don't have to. Of course it is. And, and it doesn't matter. But like, I just, I don't know. There are some books that seem to do really well. And I'll be like, I remember, you know, my partner asked me, Hey, he was, he was reading something about some romance novels that were doing really well. And he said to me, did you ever, ever think about writing a romance novel? I said, yeah, I've thought about it, but I don't think the great, what makes a romance novel like successful and good is that it's like actually pretty earnest. Like the, yeah, yeah, like the, the, the relationship, the, the readers have to believe in it. They have to root for it. They have to, and it all has to be like, the love has to be like pretty pure and in, not innocent, but pure and like real love. And, and I'm like, how could I write that earnestly if I don't believe any of that is true? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is interesting. Like, because I mean, just because things are popular doesn't mean they're bad at all. I love tons of popular stuff. Sure. But I also am a weirdo who likes weird stuff and I prefer it and I just do. And like, that's fine. But like, this is a question for you then. This is like a bit of a tangent, but if thinking of like a super popular book or genre or something, like what do you feel most drawn to in a way where you feel like you could write something in that vein? Well, I do love police procedurals. Yeah, that's true. You do. I do love them. And I did kind of write one. And then you did. you did. Yeah, I like horror. And I did kind of write one. Or yeah. I am writing one. And I yeah. and I I uh, whose dog is that? That's not even my No, that dog. was a that was a person. <laughs> oh, okay. So like I um Somebody's whooping it up in the alley. <laughs> I actually don't love romance personally so yeah. that's that's it, it's just a personal thing because I, I roll my eyes every 10 pages like it's just it, I just love is dead I'm dead inside 
I just don't care. Um, and yeah, I think those I I do love. I like the stuff that's like upsetting, scary. Yeah. You know, that makes you afraid to like go get up out of your bed after you've been reading and turn off the light. You know, like, <laughs> those are the things I like. And and um and I will continue exploring genres like that. That yeah makes me pretty happy. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. Like I often think about how the first like truly when I was like an adult popular novel that I read was Confessions of a Shopaholic. And I was like, yeah. this is so funny. Like, it's I feel funny. like I could go in that direction, like a wacky, like wackiness like that. Yeah. I think I could do that. Yeah. And like, what's interesting about that is it technically is a like a romance, but it's the least important part of the book, which is why it's good in my opinion. Like keep the romance minimal. What about like, like a teen comedy? Oh, I, I would love that. Yeah. I would love to do like a teen rom-com. Yeah, me like, too. That'd be so fun. Yeah, like like the summer I turned pretty, except not with brothers because it gives me the skeevies. But yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> Every time I was like, I would I watch the series. Like I I watch it because I like Lola Tung who plays uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Kelly. But I'm like, do they have to be brothers? Can no, it's just, weird. Could they be cousins? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. Listen, and that's another thing too. Like I love I love teen stories. Like. Mm-hmm. I like Gossip Girl, that kind of stuff. I love that. I love you, that you, shit. You, you need to write something like a Bottoms. I like, love that. Oh, I would love to. Yeah. Uh, Wait, it's time for our middle-aged perimenopausal Bottoms. <laughs> <gasps> that would be good. It would be good. <laughs> yeah. The problem is I do still kind of want to start a fight club. <laughs> But is it a fight club or is it? No, it just, obviously wouldn't be. I just personally just, was, just fighting I personally want to start like. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like more vigilante. <laughs> it's not a fight club. It's just Dina fighting people. It's my dog sing club where I bring dogs to people to torture them at their homes. Um, you know, Rosie's all in. I know. She, okay. <laughs> I can like, maybe that will help me also part of the movie or the book will be getting people to adopt the dogs that I've trained so well to bark at assholes. I'll help you with this. I'll help this you is with great. This is a we'll, great project. We'll take out dogs rescue, dogs, rescue dogs who are like living at shelters mm-hmm. and we'll train, we'll take them out like on their volunteer walk. But what we're actually doing is training them to yell at people that we don't yeah. like. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> I've never felt more motivated <laughs> This, and that's what our movie is going to be about. This is going to be a great movie. I hope everyone's <laughs> excited to watch it. Okay, what's not the point, though, Dina? I mean, I think I've already kind of covered some of the stuff. Like, not the point is trying to fit yourself into some kind of box. Not the point is <laughs> beating yourself into submission. Oh, yeah, don't do that. You don't know, that. like, I think being in this place in my brain is making me realize, you know, like not the point is to not completely honestly, like just, I think it's so unhealthy as a creative person to completely isolate yourself and like, think that's going to be the answer to writing or solving problems of not being able to write or solving problems of like, I don't know. I mean, Again, maybe this is just like the extrovert part of me, but like isolating myself and not talking to people and not communicating with people is never the answer to any of my problems, including writing. So like not the point for me is not to put myself in a place where I'm like punishing myself to get work done yeah, or to get writing done. The It's more about like actually not writing intentionally going out um, I don't know, like having a good time is literally the point to be able to come back and like do that hard work for me personally. I know that might not be for everyone, but like, yeah. I can't be having no life. I just can't. I just can't. Like yeah, it doesn't yeah. work for me. It, it makes everything harder, including trying to get work done. And also as we both were talking about, like ideas aren't coming from a vacuum, you know, like 
I, I'm, I get shower ideas like everyone else or problem solving in the shower, but I also get problem solving from like literally engaging with the world and not merely like siloing myself away. No. Is that anything? No, it is because like I told you, I'm not someone who I need to be around people in the world or else I don't get ideas at all. I don't, I don't, I can't, if I don't see, if I don't consider things from other people's perspectives or whatever, I'm not, I'm not writing as fully as I could or writing characters as fully as I could or doing any of those things. I mean, I think like what's not the point for me is that I like, it's funny. I, I think that like, I am a deeply political person just in my general life, just daily life. And, um, one of the things that I have to be, that I is really not the point for me is I never really want my books to be preachy. I don't want them to, and I never want to think that I'm going to change the world because I'm not. (laughs) And like, and like, it's, it's not that, um, those sort of like delusions of like grandeur that, that, that you can get sometimes. Cause if you're writing in a bubble and you're like, you're, you're, you're trying to do a thing with your book, like you're trying to, um, say something about society or whatever, or whatever, patriarchy, capitalism, whatever it is. And then you think you've done this thing. And I never, I, 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 it, what's not the point for me is to necessarily tell people how to think. What is the point for me instead is that I'm going to present something that is hopefully entertaining and interesting and fun for you. Um, and if it makes you think about those things and then, then fantastic. Um, but I never want, I never want, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I think too, like sometimes if a book comes across that way, it's because it's, that's like a lack of success of the writer for not, you know, making, making those aspects of the book, like part of character Mm -hmm. or, you know, narrative, like it's a craft failing to me. Yeah if those things feel preachy because then they're not, they're not connected to, to the, the way the book is, is structured and like the emotional realities of the characters or, and they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like Like, there's there's like a, mm, there's the big sort of theme umbrella idea of your book. And then there's, and what I always call the macro idea. And then there's the micro idea, which is the, which is how people are, are, are the characters are, what they're feeling and how their relationships are and all of that. And those and even, things have to connect. Yeah. And even if like the macro idea does have political or social ramifications, which most do. Of course. Like on the micro level, it's how these characters interact and deal with the situations that they are, they have to engage with or they choose to engage with as a result of, you know, the world that you have created for them. Like that's what's going to come out, not... I don't know. Plastic is bad. You know, I was going to say anyone who says that they are, they're writing or they themselves are apolitical are basically just numb nuts. So no, they're lying. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Liars. Total liars. Numb nuts. I mean, and we talked about lies last time. Mm-hmm. So listen, liars, also, liars, you know, you know what's, not the point? Fires. what's not the point making a lot of money. Cause that has not no. happened. Yeah. I mean, that is not the point. Holy cow. It can never be the point because it almost never happens. And I also think too, you know, going a little bit bigger, like your book comes out or you're part of the literary community or whatever, like not the point is always like not being a little gatekeeping piece of shit, you know, (laughs) like that's so, 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 so important. There are just, I think we are in a lot of ways moving past the eras of extreme arrogance. Um, oh, except for the no, evil billionaires. But that, no, I mean, in terms of writers that are in our sphere, like, yeah. it's so much less. It's like all the, you know, when people like change is slow. I'm like, yeah, I know it sucks. <laughs> like, it would be great if it wasn't. It would you be know? great if, if shit changed faster in my lifetime, but it won't. <laughs> Absolutely. It would be incredible. I would love to see it. I, so many people's lives would be better off. It would be great. Um, but yeah, that's definitely for me. Another thing that's not the point, like not being so high on my own fucking supply. Listen, sometimes, man, the thing about this like life is that, <laughs> is that most of the time we're like consumed by self-loathing 
And, you know, and then once in a while, a book will come out and someone will say a nice thing or you get invited to a nice thing. And then you're, you're riding this high and you really, and then you really want to believe that you are the greatest thing. And then you go back to self-loathing. But the point is also to appreciate and enjoy those compliments, those good reviews, those nice readers that talk to you, the people you meet at events, the response you get from a, from a reading or from an event or anything that you engage with a, a, a visiting a class full yes. of students, like yes. whatever that is, like enjoy it. Yeah. Cause those things you know are what? great. And I love doing those things. Those All that stuff was great. I have uh, I was talking to sort of they buoy you out of the swamp. They're yes. like flying water wings that pick you up and they take you and put you on shore. They rinse you down. <laughs> they put a fresh white cotton smock dress on you. And then Aww. you run through a field there. I was talking to like, <laughs> one of the authors I work with and you know she's pretty new and she was like concerned like her book's doing quite well and she was concerned that you know it was gonna all turn her head and make her you know it's a horrible person and I was like no wait though you need to enjoy these things because for most people like most people in general don't get public praise most people never get this in their whole absolutely you gotta you gotta enjoy it yeah, and we don't have coping skills for it because nobody nope. teaches you how <laughs> no to how to how to weather public ad- adoration. No one teaches you this. So, like, because no one ever, it's not a circumstance that happens to most people. So, if it happens to you, enjoy it because yeah. it, it, first of all, it happens to almost no one, and it may never happen for you again after this. Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. bleak, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> so you're somewhere in the balance of not getting high in your own supply <laughs> and not being in the bog. Okay. Yeah, so if you do a There's class... There's like a wide swath in there. If you get to do a class where like 30, you know, young people are like asking you really intelligent questions yeah. and want you to sign the copies of your book, enjoy that. Yeah. Happens to almost no one, that shit. So Drink it in, it's so yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get it. Like, people are awkward and we're awkward. Like, having a a body that you have to cart around and a brain. Like it's very awkward. It's a very, a lot of responsibility. It's very complicated. So I get it. It's difficult, but yeah, if you can try and remember that stuff, I think that's good. Like that's, that's a good point. Yeah. It's going to fill your tank for when things are low. Yeah. And like, that's, that's, you just got to remember that. Although I'm not very good at taking my own advice because there are times where I'm like, I'm a piece of shit. Everyone hates me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm in that place right now. Yeah. So Yeah. But on a, and that's the other thing too, like, it's almost like there's two parts of your brain. There's the logical part of your brain that can kind of jump in and be like, listen, remember how, like, if you, if you actually publish a book and you look at your book and you like, for example, go look at your acknowledgements, you see all the things like this time I didn't really write acknowledgement. I wrote thanks. It's just like a thanks page. And it just (laughs) says thanks to people. Yeah. 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 And like the reason that I'm thanking them. And that's the kind of stuff I got to remember. I'm like, yeah, remember all these people like did a nice thing for you or they supported you in some way or they helped you or they did this or they, you know, like, that's nice. That's so nice. Oh, what's the matter? It's a Mario. It's good. Yeah, no, it's nice. (laughs) It's a Bowser. I don't know. Bowser doesn't talk like that. (laughs) I know. I'm making stuff up. My kid has a friend who looks like Toad. Oh my um, god, that's he, so cute. He has that haircut and also like a toad haircut. And, <laughs> and also he kind of dresses like toad. It, it's like, you know, with like sh- weird short pants and long socks and like Okay, I feel like actually Toad is a real style icon. I feel like a lot yeah. of people are dressing like Toad. So I, I wonder to, <laughs> Go I, ahead. I say this to my kid all the time, like about this other kid. I'm like, I always call him, you, you know, the one who looks like Toad. And like Oscar can't stand it. He laughs at Toad every <laughs> single time. And then he puts it in the group chat. He has a group chat with his friends. He's like, my mom said he looks like Toad again. That's so funny. And, and the kid who looks like Toad, very popular in terms of the romance and dating department. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, to- this Toad, this Toadcore look is working. <laughs> I wonder if this is just the basics. Like, I don't want to get into the too deep into the Mario verse. Mm. but I bet there's a way for people to like identify with all the characters. Like you're like, Oh no, I'm a toad. I'm a princess peach. Uh, isn't I'm there a Mario a quiz or something. That could do I'm this sure there us? is. I'm sure we could do a better job, but 
I'm sure there are people. Hi, Rosie. That identifies. She's screeching. <laughs> I think. I, um, I think the kid just came home. Is what I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. But yeah, I truly feel like somewhere deep down, we all have one of those characters in our soul. Yeah, I guess. I, you know, I don't know. Well, I maybe mean, it's we're like, gonna find a quiz. We're gonna find maybe, a quiz. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're like a Mario Sun, Luigi Moon, Bowser Rising. I don't know. Oh. I want to be Waluigi. You want to be Waluigi? I love that for you. No, I think Waluigi is good. Okay, kind great. Of, I lo- honestly, great. You're Waluigi now. Kind of gangly with a wax mustache. <laughs> it seems right. <laughs> I, so yesterday I got my hair cut. And I, it's beautiful. <laughs> thank you. And I brought some photos that are on my phone. But the first thing I did was open. Like, I can't. Being serious is hard. The first thing I did was open a joke photo. <laughs> that was a man with a bald head with a mustache in the normal place, but then also a hair mustache above the forehead. Because <laughs> why not? And I was like, no, I'm thinking this. Anyway, listen, if anyone wants to pull that trick, just it's really stupid. It's basically like the dad joke of getting your hair cut so you could try it if you want <laughs> i love the mario verse could talk about it forever <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't see that mario movie but it's actually quite enjoyable i'm a big mario fan you know from the original days of mario it's actually quite enjoyable mostly because jack black but yeah, i mean i could i can see that yeah it's quite enjoy- oh and also um seth rogan plays um the other one there's bowser and then there's donkey kong he's donkey oh, kong. donkey kong that's great yeah um <clears throat> i don't know yeah if you're in vancouver and you've been on tiktok i'm sure you have seen uh there's a tiktok of seth rogan's yale town like warehouse condo that he- has been going around that he's selling oh. i think he owns a few properties yeah and uh I've, yeah it's constantly coming up I don't know if they're, I don't think they're advertising to me. Cause like they got to know I'm not buying that, but he has like a home home here, but his, I do know this because I know people who know him, but yeah. he, his, um, his parents have a really, really nice house that he bought for them a, quite a long time ago. Oh, but, that's um, nice. Good, good boy. Yeah. But the, uh, it was, but, um, the friends I have who were friends with him, they, they only refer to it as the house that super bad built. <laughs> you know what? Good. <laughs> Congratulations to those parents, those nice parents. To mom and dad Rogan. Yeah, to mom and dad Rogan. I wonder if Nathan Fielder also bought his parents a new house. He doesn't have as much money. He doesn't have that Rogan money. Yeah, but I don't know. But this was like Seth Rogan's super bad money. He wasn't that rich then. He was rich. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't that rich. It was only one hit at that point for him. I mean, these are just the famous Vancouverites that we have. Well, I, the okay, famous so I, Vancouver comedians. So I grew up with like the same kind of people that Seth Rogen grew up with because I went to a high school that was near where he grew up. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, not that I have money, clearly not, but like when um, when he was doing that like foodie tour of Vancouver with David Chang, the mm-hmm. um, the American chef, they went to a uh, Chinese barbecue restaurant in Richmond and um, uh Seth Rogen kept saying that the people who owned it were like the cool, like hip Asian kids he went to school with. And I'm like, who's he talking about? <laughs> Cause I'm like, that wasn't me. You know? <laughs> You're like the other cool Asian kids. I'm like, which was the cool ones? I don't know. I don't know what he thought was cool is what is what I was trying to say. I said, oh I hope God, he's I referring it. to me and my friends, but like, I, love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Th- again, total tangent. Jen, hmm? uh, <laughs> have you much, have you watched any movies, Oscar related stuff? Or are you just like, do you not care about that? Um, I'm just waiting for American fiction to not cost twenty five dollars to stream. I think I thought it was streaming now. I, I'm going to look again today because uh, I, I do. Last week. Okay, yeah, but it was twenty five dollars still on like okay. I did like, just watch the holdovers, which I loved. It was oh, yeah. delightful. Yeah, yeah. everyone I, in it's great. Yeah, I would like to see that. I, I anyway, that. now it is streaming. You do not have to pay for it. It's not. Yeah, I did pay. see that. 
But other than that, it was like I did see Oppenheimer by mistake. Uh, and oh, right. Then, I love yeah. your Oppenheimer. <laughs> Last night, I did send uh, to a friend a text that said, Paul Giamatti could play Oppenheimer, but Killian Murphy could never play this role. True story. So um, I did listen to Killian Murphy telling a bedtime story on the Calm app. <laughs> and how was it? Good. It's actually quite soothing. He has a oh, lovely maybe voice. Maybe I'll listen to that. He does have a lovely voice. Maybe I should listen. <laughs> yeah. Have a little nap. He like he like describes a, a like a like a bonfire and like there's a forest. It's quite lovely. Okay, that does sound pretty. That sounds pretty yeah, relaxing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did see Barbie. I did see. I saw that too. Yeah, and I there were like I don't know. I haven't. I keep. I want to watch Past Lives, which I haven't yet. I saw um, that also is streaming now. Yeah, it is streaming, and I yeah. would like to watch it. I just haven't had like, same. I also want to watch that because I was reading a book a day for like six fucking yeah. weeks. So yeah. I had time. <laughs> um. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, I I liked uh, True Detective, Night Country. The vibes were good. Loved it. The ending was beautiful. And I also think, like, it made me realize that, no spoilers or anything, but if you go back, there are actually, like, subtle clues. Some. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, I wonder if they had two more episodes. I think things. that, That, to me, I wanted, like, because I think all the other seasons were eight episodes and this one was only six. There were a and few. I, there were a few things I think they, sure. they they didn't do quite like what if I were in charge of that script, what I would have done. Which is that I do think the Peter Pryor Hank Pryor um, mm-hmm. sort of Oedipal, you know, father son dynamic. They needed to make that more and yeah. more destructive. And, and again, th- I think the reason it was as successful as it was because those are both really good actors. Like John Hawks is John Hawks is great whether he's playing a sweetheart or a villain and like oh, he so truly good. he's like yeah he's incredible so kelly kelly reese loved <gasps> loved I, I do want to say peter Pryor, like played by this guy named finn bennett who i don't no, know finn bennett was amazing first time seeing so him too good so he was great good. and of course jody 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 in the way that she knows how to do but like yeah kelly reese was to me like such a standout and like and then i googled her and found out she was like a pro boxer like yeah. a champion and she also boxer. has said that she's not even retired she's like no i'm i might get back in the ring and i'm like oh my god you're so cool and like i remember there was like that scene where she like punches out like another cop and i'm like yeah, yeah they show off her punching skills yeah. they're like listen we got to get a couple couple physical zingers and like pow pow okay the other thing i would say is that like the other thing about that so i thought the prior father-son relationship needed to be bigger more destructive more Mm -hmm. of a subplot than it was Mm -hmm. and and to make dad a little bit more obviously corrupt just give it a little more and then Mm -hmm. the other one was with the cleaning ladies uh yeah i think they needed to be in more episodes i think they're needed i agree i wanted more of them it was interesting though because they were in other episodes but not in context like they were in the they were in the episodes with the like the midwife stuff yes. and, and, and in the that. first episode at the at And the, the first at, episode, at, exactly. Yeah. Processing plant. Also, but, too, like I obviously could have used more Fiona Shaw being like a mysterious oh, fancy lady in like, her like always, remote home. Trying to get rid of so many dead bodies. Like she's I like, just, listen, <laughs> if you have dead bodies, come to me. <laughs> like she's she, like, I can make beautiful cocktails and a beautiful Christmas dinner, but I also can get rid of a body, okay? And so I won't I ask can, you. I won't no, ask you why. <laughs> there's no questions asked. <laughs> but I, um, just, I wanted, <clears throat> it reminds me, so the book that I edited that is coming out, The Spring Grey Dog by Elliot Gish, there's a similar mm-hmm. vibe. Not, not that they're set in the same places, not that they're in the same kind of like timeline or anything, but that kind of dread, that slow building dread. And, and I remember we worked really hard on that, on the pacing and making sure that there were at least some, there were dramatic high points yeah. Not just slow building dread. And there were enough clues that when you get to the end, you don't say they didn't earn that ending. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't, you can't. Yeah. So that's what I felt. Night Country, I really enjoyed. Yeah. But they, it could have earned that ending a bit better. I agree. Uh, but I still absolutely would recommend. I think it was great. I think the criticisms of this season were so extremely racist and misogynistic. I oh, can't even friggin' yeah. handle it. Yeah. Um, Nick Piccolino, I, I know that's not his name, is a real ding dong. <laughs> and oh, I, I would, I'll also like to shout Nick out. Nick Pecorino? No, Pecorino is a delicious cheese. No. We can't use that. No. Anyways, continue. I was going to say, you know, the relationship between the, the Jodie Foster's stepdaughter yeah. and her 
stupid little girlfriend. Oh my God. I know the <laughs> reveals there and like the, the turns there were incredible. I was like, I knew she was bad news. <laughs> oh, anyway, it was. Jodie yeah. Foster knew she was bad news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also like, I, I don't know. I think having uh, like elements of the supernatural be present was very was good I don't think those were red herrings I think it was like it was part of the fabric of the the place and the story and like yeah anyway I liked it also feel haunted if I was like living in darkness for like a month so who doesn't feel absolutely (laughs) and like if you knew there was a mind that was literally poisoning the water to the point that there were that many stillbirths like absolutely like come on that's haunting that's like all of that stuff is extremely haunting. And I haunting. already see dead people. If I were there, I would just be oh, seeing dead people all ne- the time. Never ending, never ending <laughs> dead people. Um, but I mean, this is great because I feel like sometimes the point is that you think maybe at some point you will engage in a conversation like this about your own work or even like sometimes during the writing process, like, you know, Jen and I have had conversations about stuff we're working on. And sometimes that's the point is like, yes, you're writing and you're doing all that stuff, but also like engaging whether your work is finished or not finished, like engaging with other people as part of it, whether they're readers or whether they're uh, editors or other people that you're working with. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes the point, yeah, the point can be like the, um, the people around you that, Take you out of the bog. Yeah. And also like having these connections with people about your work is really lovely. Yeah. Having those connections with all these different people. It is really lovely. Uh, Do you have any final words? No. Great. Same. (laughs) So I hope everybody liked this episode. Uh, We love you. We love you. You're going to do a great job. Uh, Even though we said it's not the point. I hope everyone makes a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for money. We all need to, we all need to eat and have nice things. We absolutely do. Jen and I both wore really good outfits today. And, uh, so yeah, we had to procure these items (laughs) with our hard earned monies. With my $5 of royalties. With my royalties. Okay. Also, wait, I'm going to say one of my meanest and bitchiest thoughts. I saved it for the end of the episode. What is it? Why is everyone so weird about PLR? Oh, I already said something about that on, on Twitter. Oh, I didn't see it. I honestly, I was really busy this week and I wasn't online enough to catch all your great tweets, but tell me what your thoughts are. Oh, it was just because Rob Taylor, shout out Rob Taylor. Uh, God, he's so funny. Posted something about, and I, wonderful. Guess, I guess it's that time or like people post PLR checks as a way of like validating their entire lives or something. And it was something like that. And then I replied with, it's super annoying, LOL. That's all I said. <laughs> but okay, I, I, I knew you. So sorry to everyone. You're, you're great. I love you. I love that you got PLR. I just think the way we engage with it is really fucking funny. I got a check too. Same. But when I (laughs) open it, sometimes I'm like, "Mm, not enough money. So like, I don't know if you're thinking that, but that's what I'm thinking. When I opened it. So I never, I never remember when it's coming because I just don't. And the um, only reason I remember is because half the time, (laughs) former guest from year one, friend of the podcast, Billy Nickerson, almost always will text me, PLR is coming, like almost all the time. I always forget because it's just not something that I like base my my budget on or like my life or anything. No, I I don't think about it at all. And this time of year is a good time of year to get a surprise check, actually. Of course it is. Absolutely. Because you're thinking about taxes, you're thinking about whatever. And like, I was actually in the hole for almost the exact amount that this PLR check was. That's dope. I I love to hear it. I was so relieved you know and I was like it's just super relief but then like I don't want to post about my financial anxiety all the time like this is not that's how I feel like and I also don't want to post disingenuously about how grateful I am I'm like this is a good program Mm -hmm. I'm not upset about it no it's great no but I'm also like yeah it's great and I want to encourage other people to get it 
but I, I don't want to be posting my check. I just want to like help people if they don't know how to do it. I'll help them get set up. Like I would rather do that. I don't know. I have such a weird vibe around it. We are so mean and I love us. I just don't, I just don't want. The vibes are just not, that's not my vibe. Well, not everybody has a published book who calls themselves a writer, who is a writer. And like sometimes I think that these kinds of posts make them feel bad. And I don't want to make people feel bad. You know? I just, yeah, I don't know. There's something about, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I wish I could articulate it better than I initially did, which was people are weird about PLR. And also like, why are you writing like 600 words about how you're grateful for PLR? Like just say thanks then. Like just <laughs> relax. Anyway, I am <laughs> glad it exists. If you are listening and you've written a book and you don't know what PLR is, slide into my DMs. I will help you. Or mine. I, in yeah. fact, someone did slide into my DMs and I did help them. You know what? <laughs> I have helped people before as well. Happy to do it again. Yeah. And I am very lucky that I will be publishing another book this year before the deadline. So next year's PLR check will include that. And that's nice. I actually forgot to put Superfan on my PLR yes, last year. So I'm going to do it this year. Oh, okay. I was. That's Superfan. You got to get that on there. It's like a big deal. I know. I totally. <laughs> I just totally. You know what it was? Here it is. It's it, The form is sitting on my desk right here. This, See, here mine is on like a, a little shelf here. But it's right. It's also right beside me. But last year, I accidentally put it under a notebook, and it and then I didn't see it till the deadline. Oh yeah, you listen. It happens. It happens. That's happened to me before too. Anyway, uh, we love PLR. We're just being super normal about it. No, everyone's reaction is normal. I'm being so dumb. I'm mean. I'm a mean person. Dina Delmino signing out forever. Um, <laughs> okay. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Dina. Thanks, listeners. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm.